Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. the desire to linger in his presence. There is such a rich, deep invitation from God to linger, to go in deeper. And God loves to speak to us when our attention is turned to him. And what I want to do now uh, is I want to lean in and I want to empower you to hear from God in a way that is available to every person. And I'm just literally going to preach the word. And those that want to pick it up, you pick it up. Anyone good with that? So you pick it up and you pick it up in the spirit. And even as we share it, I pray that you'll preach with me and just engage with the word with me. God is also increasing our engagement with God's word. There's something transactional, not in the wrong sense, but in the fact that God responds as we engage with his word. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This afternoon, before I get into the main part that I want to get into, I heard the Lord very clearly say to me, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Say it with me. There are no shortcuts. Say it again. There are no shortcuts. I don't know what goes through your mind when you hear that statement, but I can tell you right now, there's a whole bunch of things in your life that you're glad there are no shortcuts. We flew over here from Melbourne. I can tell you right now, I'm glad they didn't take shortcuts when they made that plane. (laughs) Anyone driven over some big bridge and you go, how the heck did they make this? Aren't you glad that they didn't take shortcuts? Are you with me? Man, if I'm going to a doctor, I pray they didn't take shortcuts when they got there. PhD. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want someone working on me. That's also this, my whole objective is get through the training as quickly as possible. I don't want shortcuts. You got a surgeon working on your heart? You don't want shortcuts. There are things in life that we don't want shortcuts because shortcuts, here's the word of the Lord. quickness of something happening or achieving or gaining something is really not the goal. It's not quickness of achievement. It really is about the depth of something being, again, go back to the plane or the bridge. I want it done perfectly. Anyone else? And, and, and that's a natural thing, but I heard it in the spirit realm, God saying to us as the people of God, some of the things that we want spiritually, I just hear the Lord say there are no shortcuts to getting. You know, spiritual maturity, you can't get someone to lay hands on you and you get spiritually mature. 
You can't get it. There's some things you can get through the transference of laying on of hands, including an impartation of the gifts and the, the power of God and healing. But spiritual maturity, the ability to hear God, there there's simply no shortcuts. And that's not because God's withholding. It's actually because God's greater objective is actually the process of intimacy in, in the process. Hmm. God spoke to me a little while ago and said that efficiency is the enemy of intimacy. When it comes to time in God's word, efficiency is not the goal. If you're in a workplace and it's all about KPIs and it's all about bottom lines and maybe it's all about efficiency, how much can we pump out in the, in the, in the shortest period of time so that we can have the highest revenue? That's not what it's like with us and God. It's not about how quickly can I pack something in, how much of God's Word can I cram into this 10 minutes or half an hour. Man, I read seven chapters in half an hour. Whoopee. <laughs> efficiency is the enemy of intimacy. And when it comes to God, it's not about how quickly I can get through God's Word, it's how deeply I can encounter God in His Word. And if you read one verse of the Bible and God starts to tug your heart and you start to lean in and that which you read, you start to pray back to Him and enter into a conversation with Him and your heart is being drawn towards Him. I want to tell you, God is up there celebrating. There's my boy. There's my girl. I love hearing your voice. I love hearing your heart. I want to share my heart with you. When we shift the goal from efficiency to intimacy, I want to tell you right now something happens. But the word of the Lord to the church of Jesus Christ right now is there are no shortcuts. And when it comes to hearing um, from God in his word, I heard him say, go beyond reading. When it comes to the Bible, and that's what I want to talk about tonight for a little bit. This morning I talked about the fact that we are created We are literally created to hear God's voice. Before there was a Bible, it was God just speaking and we followed his voice. But in his love, he's given us a Bible that just, the purpose of it is not to teach us how to live, it's to reveal what God's like. If every time you read the Bible, the result of reading the Bible is, oh my gosh, I've got, look how much further I've got. I mean, I, I suck at that, I fail at that. Anyone ever been there? Every time you read the Bible, it's, man, I need to do that better. However good you're doing, you know you need to be doing better. Anyone honest enough to say, and you say, I don't really feel inspired to keep on going back to a book that constantly tells me how bad I am and how if that is that you're, the reality of your life, it's probably the reality of every believer's life at some time. But God says, I want to actually clean the lens, not just clean the lens, how about I give you new glasses because the word of God is not to reveal how bad you are or how far you got to go, it's to reveal how good God is and what he invites us into. If we don't see the Bible for what it is, we won't read the Bible. If it doesn't draw us into his heart, then why would we want to read it? The whole, the greatest command is not to do this, 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 this. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart. How do you love God? You love God by seeing Him as He is. And the more you seek Him, the more you find Him, the more you find Him, the more you delight in Him. This is what we are called into. 
not to be better people, to be, really to be better pursuers of God's heart. And God wants to reveal himself. Man, I, I commune with God in the Word just profoundly. Hours at a time I can be drawn into his word where he just starts to talk to me. And I want to say at the start of just, just sharing my heart, and I pray you get my heart and receive something from my heart. Can you do that tonight? Don't just let it be a, a three-point sermon. Forget that. I don't do three-point sermons. Just lean in and let the Spirit of God tug your heart. Tug your heart, man. Tug your heart, Sharon. Tug your heart towards God. Because God, I feel like almost like him crying out at times going, I wish people would see me in my word. The whole purpose of this is to reveal me. The whole purpose of the Old Testament was to point people forward to the Messiah and to point people to God. The whole purpose of prophets in the Old Testament was to constantly call God's people back to God's heart because they missed his heart. His heart is always a heart of freedom for people. It's not slavery and bondage. In fact, it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? Come on. He came to give life. And life more abundantly. God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to keep free people free. I'm, going off, I'm just going off the reservation right now. God came to keep free people free. Can I preach? Can I preach? God did not come to make you good. The purpose of the Bible, listen, is not to make you good. It's to keep you free. From the very beginning, you're free to eat from all of the trees that I've created. What is that? That's freedom. Look at all that. I've See, the devil has lied to the people of God and said, God's withholding. God's withholding. The devil will give you. Come on, the world will give you all the fun and God's withholding. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God says, look at all the things that I've created for you to enjoy. But the things I've created for you to enjoy don't come with all the pain attached to it and the brokenness attached to it and the addiction attached to it and the fear attached to it. Come on. He says, but don't touch this one tree. And we've reduced God down to a controlling God who's trying to make bad people good. He spoke it to perfect people, not bad people. And he says, I know there's death in the tree. So I'm telling you, don't touch that tree. There's death in it. That's not a controlling God. That's a protecting God. That's a protecting God. He says, I want you to be free from pain and death and sickness. Come on. So don't touch it. Everything in God's word I've realized was given to keep free people free. You go to the Ten Commandments. You listen to the language in Exodus chapter 20. When God just brought the people of Israel out of slavery into freedom. Are you with me? He actually says in verse 2 of Exodus 20, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of slavery. God is not one that puts people into slavery. He takes people out of slavery. God takes people out of slavery. And if you believe something different, I'm telling you, you're believing a lie. Freedom is not freedom to do what you want. That's when you become a slave. Freedom is freedom from what you don't want. He said, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who brought you into freedom. So here's 10 laws. 
Ten Commandments. We go, see, there it is. God's all about being good. He goes, no, 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 listen to my language. I brought you out of slavery, now you're free. Here's ten things that I know better than you. That if you do these ten things, it's not going to make you any better. It's just going to keep you free from going back into slavery. Do you see the difference? It's a game changer. Don't have any other gods before me. See, it's all about being good. No, it's about keeping you from a broken relationship with a God who's a God of love. Don't commit adultery. See, it's about making me good. No, it's about keeping you free from broken marriages and relationships. Don't lie. See, it's all about being good. No, it's about keeping you free from broken relationships where no one trusts you. We reduce God down to a God of control and He's a God of protection. Talk about someone getting the, the raw end of this, the deal, the, the wrong end of the stick. God has been misjudged by Christians and we don't approach His Word because it's a, we view it as a list of commands rather than a loving God that says, I know a bit better than you. And I love you so much. It is for freedom. That's why I set you free. But now don't become entangled again by a yoke of slavery. I'm not here to make you good by your worst. Come on, come on, come on, come on. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, so that no one can boast. Your good works didn't save you. Your good works can't sustain you. God says, get past this notion. It's all about being good. It's about being free. And my book is given to you to keep you free. Game changer. Game changer. Game changer. God wants to keep free people free. God, let me drink and breathe. Praise God. I, I, I had this, I have so much going on in here. Anyone believe that this, you, you can pick that up? <laughs> I've got God's wonderful goodness going boom. I've got the devil going, no, don't, don't tell them that. The, the, everything I'm downloading right now, the enemy goes, I don't want them to get this. Because they might actually turn towards my word and embrace it as something that actually helps them to live in the freedom for which Christ set us free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. The scripture I quoted before, Galatians 5 1, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. See, we don't, that's not what we preach or believe or think. We think it is for perfection that Christ set us free. Hmm. No, it's for freedom. I've just shifted the goalposts of your life. Freedom, not being good. That's a game changer for someone in this room. Where do we find that freedom? In who God is and what he says, we find it in his word. So I had the Lord say, go beyond reading. And I think that one of the greatest Invitations of God is deep into the Word of God to discover God, but I also feel that there really is such a strong attack from the enemy on the authority 
the truth, the authenticity of God's word in the days that we live in. There's a hellish assault on the legitimacy of God's word. Are you with me, church? Don't go quite engage with me on this because I, I feel like, come on, God is raising up a generation of believers that verbally just say, no, 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 no. We're going to come back. We're going to anchor ourselves to the truth. If God says it, I believe it, that settles it. The Lord's been speaking to me, don't debate what I've decreed. Don't debate what I've decreed. We don't need to set up a council to try to have a conversation to come up with why the Bible does not mean what the Bible means. We need to run from that nonsense. We need to run from that nonsense. It's, a, it's an assignment from hell itself. God wants to restore our confidence and the authority and the legitimacy of God's word. Think about it. Think about it. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This is really important to God. Because there's an overflow of who He is. No wonder there's an assault on it. But there's also an assault to keep us from really discovering God deep in His Word. So that's what I want to empower you with in this little bit of time that we've got together. Let's go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. And if you want a title, make one up. No, that's not true. If, you, if you're in the Spirit, you'll know what it is. No, that's not true. Either. No, it's, it's, stop it. Bible meditation. Praise God. No, it's before Matthew, Psalms. Okay, turn left. Psalm chapter one. Blessed, everyone say blessed. Everyone say blessed. And see if you can do this, shout it out, blessed. There you go, I knew you had it in you. Blessed is the one who does not, everyone say does not. Does not walk in step with the wicked. How many people know that needs to be preached in the days that we live in? Come on, church. I, I'm not coming as a nice little preachy, preachy, nice, nice, lovely, lovely. I'm, I'm here as a prophet right now. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. The Bible says in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of of mockers. I just want to say this, the Lord's speaking to me right now before I go on. I'm not going to labor on this, but I'm just going to make it abundantly clear so there's nowhere to hide. What God declares something to be, that's what it is, full stop. Governments can try to redefine it. If it violates what God says or goes against it, government's wrong, God's right. End of discussion. Okay? In the beginning, God created the male and female. That's what he did. That's still what he does today. He ain't wrong. In fact, common sense is not very common anymore. It's time just to get back. We're not to stand in the way of sinners. We're not to stand and walk in the path of the unrighteous. 
That's just one example, but it's, 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 it's the, the world is trying to redefine. But Christians are buying into this and calling it love. It's not love to come in agreement with a lie. It's not loving to perpetuate a problem. The Bible does not say, know a lie and the lie will set you free. It says, know the truth. Well, what is the truth? The truth is who God is. I am the way, the truth, and life. And the truth is what God has said in his word. He knows best. And this is where the freedom is. Freedom is not in me being who I want to be, but me being who God created me to be. I am a son of the Most High God. If you're a male in this room, you're a son of the Most High God. If you're a female, you're a daughter of the Most High God. That's your identity. Blessed is the one who stops being stupid. some slapping on them. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the Spirit. When you have the mic, you can say what you want. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Okay, he's not letting me off it. The Bible says, as believers, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. I believe that this is coming days that there's going to be a widespread sweeping through the church. Almost like God's got a big broom and he's cleaning up saying, don't just say you love me. Do you hate what is evil? We've got a generation of believers say, no, no, almost like you can never, you don't hate anything. Don't hate anything. The Bible says, if you love me, you'll hate what is evil. And then they've blurred these lines so terribly. It's like they've, they've even attacked the statement, you know, love the sinner but hate the sin. And people are saying, you just can't say that. You can't separate it. Yes, you can because Jesus, while we were sinners, he came and died for us. He loved us so much he died for us. But he didn't die to keep us bound in our sin. He came to bring us freedom. He didn't come to love on us in our dysfunction and brokenness and keep us there. It's insulting to God to say that it's loving to keep people in brokenness. That's the devil. That's what the devil does. He said to the woman who was committing adultery, we live in a generation. you got to say, no, grace, grace, grace. It's okay, it's okay. No, he said, I don't condemn you. Mercy, mercy. Now go and stop sinning. That's the truth. I don't want to blow your mind. Yes, I do want to blow your mind. It's okay to call sin, sin. Stay with me to the end because if you stepped off the boat right now, you'd probably struggle. But it's okay to call sin, sin. In, in fact, no, 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 no. The Lord's rebuking me lovingly, which is what I'm doing here. It's not okay <laughs> To call sin sin is essential to call sin sin. If the church doesn't know what is right and wrong, no wonder the world is where the world is at. I feel the almost like the grieving heart of God saying, people, would you come back? Just It's not complicated. What have I said? What have I said? God wants people to be free.
Are you with me, church? Anyone with me in this room? Uh, this is not an overly popular preaching, but it's actually biblical preaching. And I'm a prophet. I'm here to call us back. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Hmm. We're preaching another place in another state last weekend. And I said, if you are listening to stuff online, I'm talking preachers and apologetic stuff and whatever it may be. If you are listening to things that are Christian and biblical, that cause you to question the legitimacy of God's word. If the result of what you're feeding on spiritually causes you to question God, if the preaching that you're feeding on online or the books you're reading puts you into doubt about the legitimacy, run, burn it, ban it, turn it off. But Steve, they're good people. By their fruit, you shall know them. The Bible says in the last days, people will come in, in sheep's clothing and they'll come as angels of light to try to deceive even the most. This is not where I intended to go tonight, I can tell you right now. But I just feel the Spirit of God and you're just, you, you just, you're just, the, you're just the soil that I'm planting something into. Praise God. How many glad you claim tonight. But maybe God's awakening something in us. You're right. You're right. We don't have to just go along with the flow. We don't have to be sucked into the lie and perpetuating the lie. Now we need the wisdom of God. Can I hear an amen to that? The Bible says speak the truth. But that's not the end of the verse. What's the end of the verse? In love. Speak the truth in love. But in love is not in agreement. I think I was saying to pastors last night in dinner, God's really been stirring me before. I can see God's going different. Thank you, Father. I'm preaching myself happy, not because the subject matter is light, but because it's truth. I can tell you, know the truth, the truth will set you free. I, I feel a boldness in the Holy Ghost on me right now. Anyone, you, you pick that up? It's, but it's freeing boldness. It's almost like God saying, there's my boy, there's my boy. There's my boy, come on. Come on, there's my boy. John 1 verse 14. And if you don't like speaking in tongues, uh, there you go, thank you. <laughs> Read your Bible. It's a gift. Oh, I'm seeing some connections right now. One of the things that the devil has attacked since the start of the church is the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's whole denominations against it, people preaching against it. Um, again, revival is the church coming back to God's original intention. The only church is birthed with birth in the Holy Ghost. The questions that the early apostles asked people all through the book of Acts when they met them was this, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? 
What do you mean? We've been baptized. We, we know about the baptism of John, but we don't know about this baptism of the Holy Ghost. They explained it. They laid their hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and all of them spoke in tongues. That's what the Bible says. In fact, to the point that when people, when Jesus going back to heaven, he said to the disciples who had been through the Bible college of Jesus Christ, seen all the miracles, been part of his teaching program for three and a half years, said, now, here's, here's the thing. You're not ready. You need to wait until you are saturated and immersed with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God, and that when that poured out on them on the first day, 3,000 people got saved. It couldn't be explained. It couldn't be contained. And I think that the reason why God is saying that it's now time to restore it is because we have made an idol of our intellect. We have made an idol of our thinking and our understanding. Even Christians, we pride ourselves on what we know. But the thing that God is so masterful in his design when it came to the gift of tongues is he goes, none of you can understand it. Because it's spirit to spirit. It's a deeper level of communication. I tell you right now, if you're having a bad day and you start to pray in the Holy Ghost and even smile while you're doing it, kumbra shaki under the go, oh no. God goes, there's my boy, there's my boy. I tell you right now, he says, there's my boy a lot to me. You might not like me, but God likes me. And he goes, there's my boy, kuraba shaki Because we're saying we're not going to be ruled by this thing anymore because this thing was given as a gift to serve and love God, not to restrict the people. The Bible says, do not trust in the Lord with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding you cannot trust God with all your heart and lean on your own understanding at the same time it's one or the other I either trust God or I trust myself and God says I'm giving you the gift of tongues because you go I don't know (laughs) God's doing something in the Holy Ghost Here's the word of the Lord right now to me. God wants to reclaim our intellect. (laughs) The Bible says be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It doesn't say be transformed by the removal of your mind. (laughs) Some Christians are like, you need your mind removed. No, you need it renewed. You need it renewed. How? By the washing of the water by the word. Come on, come back to the Word. Come back to the Word. I was crying out to the Lord, Father, I, I want to get this balance right between grace and truth because some in the body of Christ is all about grace, 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 grace. Doesn't matter what you do, grace, grace. Doesn't matter what, how you live, grace. Doesn't matter what your decisions, grace. And then on the other hand, you've got people who say, truth, 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 and they sit with a stern look on their face. It's just truth, truth, truth. Pointing the finger, judgment. There's no grace. There's no love. It's just truth, truth, truth. I say, God, I don't want to be on either extreme. Would you show me what is the right balance? And the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said, Steve, I don't like the word balance. I am a God of fullness. And then he took me to John 1.14 where it says, And the word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And when we looked at him, we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And then it describes him. He was full of grace and full of truth. God doesn't like balance. Well, Steve, you're a bit fanatical. I want to be a bit more balanced. <laughs> God doesn't want you to be balanced. He wants you to be full. It says be filled with the Holy Ghost, not be balanced in the Holy Ghost. 
It doesn't say when you have an encounter with God that you'll be filled to the measure of the balance of Jesus Christ. It says you'll be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Jesus Christ. Maybe part of our problem is we've settled for balance and we should be full. Close enough is not good enough in God. Full enough. Come on, full. You quoted before, but Habakkuk 2.14. I'm just preaching myself happy. Anyone enjoying God tonight? You good? You, you, You receiving something? From this crazy wild prophet that's just, Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The earth will be filled, 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 not with knowledge, but with the knowledge of the glory, the weightiness of who God is. I just want to say it's time to return to God's word. Mate, that that was all from verse 1 of Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. You'd hate me to preach on the whole book of Revelation. You'd you'd miss the second coming of Jesus and everything. Blessed is the one who puts his glasses on. Oh, I can see. Blessed is the one. Who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But the blessed person doesn't do that. What do they do? They delight in the law of the Lord. Seriously, I thought the law was all bad. No, no, no. we delight in the law of the Lord. And who meditates. Everyone say meditates. Who meditates on his law day and night that person that person who says i'm going to keep your word not only before me i'm going to meditate on i'm about to tell you what that means day and night do you know i I looked at the word day and night um and you might think it just means day and night but in the hebrew yes the day does mean daily and in the day But the night literally in the Hebrew means night or adversity. In other words, a night season, a dark night of the soul. I will meditate on your word when it's light and everything's great and I can see. And when I'm in that dark place, I'll meditate on your word then too. That person, that person who doesn't go escapism and addiction but goes to God's word in the dark night. That person is like a tree that is planted by streams of water. We need less tumbleweed Christians and more planted Christians. What are you planted in? Are you planted in feelings and emotions and outcomes? Or are we planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season? whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. But here's what I want to just say, and I'm not going to speak too much long because I've already, we've said and done a lot, and we've got tomorrow as well, but people have reduced meditation to what you think about. And meditation is less what you think about than what you speak. In the Hebrew, the word meditates literally means to murmur. That's something that comes out of your mouth. Ponder, that's your thought. Imagine, 
meditate, mutter, roar, speak, study, talk, utter. It's, it's three quarters about what comes out of our mouth. I just want to bring this together. I just feel the Spirit of God really wants to set some people free right now. For many of us, the battle is where? Where is it? The battle is in the mind. Joyce Meyer wrote, the battlefield of the man. The mind. The man. The battlefield of the mind. The battle is in the mind. How many people have ever had battles in the mind? I've had big, big, big battles in my mind. How many people have tried to organize your thoughts and close some doors and move on and are trying to hurt cats or... <laughs> Good, okay, I'm in the right room here. We don't overcome the battlefield of the mind by thinking a good thought, but by speaking the truth. Life and death is not in the power of your thinking, but in the power of your speaking. We're created in the image of God, and God created all that was good with a let there be. And these are days for the people of God to return to speaking the word of God. Sometimes we are far better about talking about our problems and we are speaking the truth of what God says about our problems. We don't need the removal of, of our problems as much as we need a revelation of what God says about it. You've got Paul in prison not saying, remove me, remove me, remove me, remove me, but praying, God, would you help me to be a good witness right here where I am? Well, that's a different perspective. We've got to remove me from. We need a revelation of what God wants to do in a situation. And God is bringing us back to a place where it's not just about, it's not just about thinking. It's transformed by the renewing of your mind. But the Bible talks so much about what comes out of our mouth. And it's time to declare God's word. See, whenever God reveals the truth, the enemy if he can't stop it, please get what I'm about to say, because this applies to a lot of things. If the devil can't stop the truth, he will not just give up. He will get behind it, put both feet behind it, and push it into extremes so that people run away from the extreme and abandon the truth. There's been people that are so kicked against the word of faith, blab it, grab it. If you want it, say it and you get it, confess it. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost like where it has been to the, been misused to the point of you get what you want, which was the devil getting behind a truth that says, come on, life and death is in the power of your tongue. Oh, now if I want something, I can just say it. And people go, we don't want that. So now we've stopped declaring God's word and the promises because we don't want to be those people and we've lost the power and the battle. And I declare by the Spirit of God, it's time for the people of God to start to declare God's word out of our mouths. Get up in the morning. I declare your word. Your, your praise will always be on my lips, not just in my heart. 
heart or in my mind. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. The devil wants to rob you of your voice because he wants to keep you in slavery. And I'm here to tell you, Dream Builders Church in Smithton, that it's time to find your voice again. And your voice is to be the word of God upon your lips as a proclamation to yourself, to the atmosphere, to your family, to your friends in a way that truth can set people free. Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 13, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. How good is that? With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, all the promises. If you're saying God's never given me a prophetic word, pick up your Bible, open the pages and start reading. There you go. There's your prophetic word. Okay? You've got thousands, tens of thousands of promises of God. If you're a blood-bought child of the Most High God, they're yours to claim in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? No matter how many promises God has made, they're immeasurable. They are yes in Christ. What does that mean? They exist already in God. Are you with me? And so through Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the amen, what is that? Let it be, coming into agreement. The amen is now spoken by us to the glory of God. How many people want to bring God glory? It's not a trick question. If you do, lift up your hand high. Who wants to bring God glory? Well, then the way you bring God glory is spoken by us to the glory of God. The way I bring God, God glory is in every circumstance I come into agreement out of my mouth with God's word. The amen is spoken by us so that God gets glory. How did Vorabashikina, I've got a couple minutes left in me. You got a couple minutes left in you? How many people know that God was glorified? The Father was glorified at creation because the Father wanted light. The Father wanted light. God is always the initiator. The Father is the initiator. God loved the world. The Father loved that he sent his son. Son, I want you to go. No man knows the day or the hour of the second coming except the, the God, the Father. Not even the son knows because the Father's going to go. It's time to go back. When the God, the Father raised Jesus up, he says, here, sit at my right hand. God the Father is the initiator. Anyone with me? So when the creation, the, the desire for light was not from Jesus and it wasn't from the Holy Spirit. It was from the Father. Are you with me? The Father wanted light and he was glorified when? When he got light. But how did it come into play? The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which is plural. And the earth was formless and void. Darkness was on the surface of the deep. And then the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. Have you ever seen a child hover around mom and dad? You're trying to have a conversation. The child's hovering and talking, mom, mom, dad, 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 dad. What is it? You can, wait, 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 wait. They're hovering. What, What are they doing? I'm not going until you look at me and answer me. Hovering is, I'm not going to, I get what I want. we got the Spirit hovering. What's He hovering for? He knows His Father wants light. 
I'm hovering because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings into the natural reality that which exists and was initiated in the mind of the Father. But the pattern that was set up in the beginning, which applies to you and I today in the church, is Father wants something. He declares a promise. He wants it for your life. He wants it for my life. He wants it for the church. And you've got the Holy Spirit hovering. I'm ready to bring peace. I'm ready to bring healing. I'm ready to bring joy. I'm ready to bring breakthrough. I'm ready to bring deliverance. But I can't do it until what? And then God said, the Word said, let there be light. The Son of God, that's His part because He is the Word. And when He said, let there be, He didn't initiate. Get it, get it, get it, get it. The Father had initiated light. The Holy Spirit is ready to bring it into existence. And he's going, would you let me go? Would you let me go? And as soon as the word came into agreement and said, amen. Let it be light. Let it be. What's that? Amen. So he said, amen. The Holy Ghost goes, boom, light. And now this scripture says, for no matter how many promises of God they, he has made, they are yes in Christ, they exist. And so through him, now the amen is spoken by us. We play the same role in this earth as the Son of God played at creation. We are the word that is living. I preach myself hot. Bible says, whew. Paul says that about the church, you are our epistles, our letters seen and read by all people. Let me tell you the power of the word of God coming out of your lips. It is that you release the Holy Spirit to bring into the tangible here and now from the eternal realm what is in Father's heart for your family. When you pray God's word, come on. This is a day of salvation. This is a day when the prodigals are coming home and you get the promises of God. Come on, me and my household, that's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And you start to prophesy that from the word of God. You are literally releasing the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to the prodigals. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's time to return to the word of God. Meditate on it, mutter it, talk it out, stake it out, state it out, declare it out, prophesy it out, get it out there. Look, get in the mirror in the morning and start to declare, I'm a child of the Most High God. I am forgiven. I am clean. I am holy. I am righteous. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The same power that lives in Christ lives in me. I can do all things through Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Come on. I lack wisdom. The Bible says I can ask you and you give me wisdom. So God, fill me with the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit today as I go out on assignment for you. It's time to get back into the Word. More importantly, it's time for the Word to get back into us. Let the Word read you more than you read the Word. Go into it. Say, God, I want to see you. Meditate upon you. And then let it come out of your lips. Let it come out of your lips. Can I hear an amen? I'm going to leave it there. Who? Hallelujah. Hmm. Yep.
I'm going to leave it there. Because uh, I got a plane to catch on Monday. <laughs> I need some sleep before then. You guys work me hard in this place. Um, if you think I fluctuate between anointing and naughty <laughs> quite quickly, that's what happens when you preach as much as I do. But it also happens when you start to realize that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. That we can talk about the weighty things of God and we don't have to look like we've been baptized in lemon juice. We're allowed to enjoy God because he's enjoying you. He's enjoying me. He's enjoying you. You're a good man. Good young man, Luke. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I walk this way, Luke. <laughs> I'm going to pray. We're going to close. Then we're going to eat. I hear, hear a second amen to that. Okay, someone's only just woke up. What? Someone mentioned food. Someone say KFC. Okay, stop distracting me. I'm trying to pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful power of the Holy Ghost. And thank you for the power of the Word of God. Thank you that your Word is truth and is life. There's power in your word. But Lord, there's also a reawakening tonight that the power of God's word is not just on the pages of the Bible, but it's on the lips of the people. Gee, I could almost Instagram that. Father, I thank you that the word of God on the lips of sons and daughters is a double-edged sword that is mighty against the enemy. Mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And Father, I pray that in this place tonight, there has been an impartation and a release of the Holy Ghost. A call back to the word, a call back to truth, but also a call back to boldness, a call back to fullness of grace and truth. And Father, I pray this church, there will be a shift over it in Jesus' name. I feel that there's been a lid that we've lived under. We remove it right now in the Holy Ghost. We hunger, we thirst. Fill us. Empower us. May the word, Lord, return to its rightful place. A love letter that reveals who God is and invites us into freedom and to stay free. Not to make bad people good, but to keep free people free teach us to meditate in the night and in the day in the name of jesus and all the saints of god said thanks for listening for more content head to our website davidmccracken.org